Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I guess it would be appropriate to welcome you to a new place. (laughs) To a new day and a new glory here among the tribe. It is hilarious to me that we are in this tent right now. (laughs) A few of you had the I would say privilege of seeing me the first time I saw this tent. And there was just complete peace and joy and just a knowing. Oh, Joanne's raising her hand like that didn't happen. No, I, if I'm honest, I was embarrassed by it. I felt like we were in a circus and I was not feeling it. We went from being in a sanctuary that was had all this meaning and stuff to it, to, to getting hit by a hurricane and then gathering in random spots around these grounds, to moving to a pole barn, which we call the Tabernacle, which was really cool, and it's so funny how excited we got about a pole barn, but we were lit up that day. And then we moved over to this beautiful white building, which has my heart still, called the Ark, that... Uh, you know, it was the first thing really that I got to really put my hands to, and, um, and there was so much work and so much that went into that, and that was such a glorious time to get to move into there. And, uh, and if you had told me two weeks ago we'd leave that to come into a tent, I'd have told you you were crazy. <laughs> but I, I've learned, I've learned that uh, Abba knows best. And... Um, There's some moments that are past words, and it's hard to get words out. Come on. You'll have to, if I uh, sound a little shaky, or if uh, I love you from afar today, I am um, recovering from a cold that I've had this past week. But MP, don't worry, I I looked it up on WebMD. (laughs) It's either a cold or it's straight up coronavirus. So, should be all right. It's just somewhere in between there. (laughs) But but I'm feeling much better. I just just am kind of a little bit shaky, a little bit queasy. and, um, And you mix that with everything going on to me in this room right now, and I don't know where I am. So, um, let's open our Bibles. I want to look at um, something I read a couple weeks ago, or might have been a week ago on a Wednesday night, following the gatherings we had with Apostle Damon, and it's uh, Hebrews 11, verse 8. You know what? I feel like I was making a joke about about something that is kind of serious to people, and we're just going with the flow today, all right? It's a sad, it's a sad thing that we live in a great nation 
a society that we really have to question what information is accurate. Uh, most of what is given to us as information is, is saturated in a political party, controlled by a political party, and it has an agenda. I'm not saying everything, but a lot. It's sad that we even have to question. And I, there is, if, you, if you've been, uh, even if you don't look at news, which I don't look at news a lot, you, you've seen this thing about the coronavirus and how it's spreading now to the United States and, you know, everybody will tell you, you got to get all this water, start supplying and start getting, it's like, I don't know what that's going to do for you, but that's what we're being told to do. And there's like this fear swirling around. And I don't know what the, what really the severity of things are. You never know if it's really, really bad or if it's really, you never, you'll never know if it's really, really good. You'll never know if things start to, start to get better and start to be good. So I just know that I'm plugged into a source outside of media and outside of news and everything else. And I, and I know this, I, I haven't been given a spirit of fear. Yeah, I, I hear that this morning for us, that I have not been given a spirit of fear. Let me remind you, friends, to stir yourself up in the gift that you receive by the laying on of hands. For our God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. But of power. A sound mind. And I just know that no matter what's going on in the world or out in the, in the United States or anywhere globally in this planet, greater is he who is in us than is in the world. And I promise you that the light that emanates from within us is the answer for the darkness in any virus. I feel this strongly this morning. Now, I care nothing about the coronavirus. I've spent no time worrying about that. But for some reason, I feel that this morning. Let's stand. Let's, 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 let's pray over this thing. Yahweh, Abba, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the light within us, Yahweh. We thank you for the authority that you've given this family, this tribe, to speak against things that are dark in this world. Yahweh, I speak over this virus that today it stops. There is no spreading. There is no fear within the people of Yahweh that suns are rising up, even in China today, are rising up that are not fearful of a virus, but see the light within them and are going into places, laying their hands on people infected and changing everything in that environment. There's miraculous healings that are going to start to take place in China, and the news outlets will have no choice but to point their cameras towards the goodness and the glory of Yahweh. That virus has no place in this county, in this land. I declare today as a people, as a son, as a tribe, that that thing stops. 
In the name of Yeshua. Amen. You may be seated. We are the answer. We are trees planted by rivers of living water. Our leaves are for the healing of the nations. The last thing that this world needs us to do is join them in the fear and the panic and the chaos. They need sons seated in righteousness, seated in peace, knowing who they are that don't join in the propaganda machine, but listen to the voice of their father. And I just feel that this morning, that if you have subjected yourself to any kind of fear, listen, there's wisdom, right? Like have wisdom. If you feel the need to go stock up on water, go stock up on water. If you feel the need to wash your hands, please God feel the need to wash your hands. Do it. Use wisdom. But don't subject yourself to fear. You'll lose control of who you are. Hebrews 11.8, it says this. <clears throat> Faith motiv- motivated Abraham. I'm reading now the Passion Translation. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though he had belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. In fact, so many children were subsequently fathered by this aged man of faith, one who was as good as dead, that he now has offspring as innumerable as a sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. These heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised to them. But they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. Hear this, they all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. They all lived their lives on earth, on this planet, as those who belong to another realm. For clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering What they left behind. Listen to this part. If their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was greater, that is the heavenly realm. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, just remembering of what they left behind, they would have found 
an opportunity to go back. There are moments, I'm going to speak a little bit about what I spoke about Wednesday night. I know some of you might not have been here last Wednesday night. Um, But there are moments that take place in our lives that actually require our faith to be activated to a degree that changes literally everything. How we approach things, how we think about things, how we plan for things, how we do life, how we gather together, how we worship. Everything that we do starts to change based on this moment that takes place. And sometimes these moments are gradual. You just all of a sudden look back and realize something has changed. And then there's other times where moments seem like a suddenly. And I feel like this family has been in a place where we have gradually been prepared for a suddenly moment. It feels like it happened overnight, though I feel my heart has been prepared for a long time leading to this point. Like I was designed for a moment like this. Like this is the moment that I was born for. And everything else was just kind of like a holding pattern, getting me to this place and everything's starting to change and make sense and not make sense at all. It's kind of like something like salvation or water baptism. It's like you go in one way, come out another. That's what I almost feel like has happened to me is like I've been baptized into a new age. And it wasn't just a gathering that happened a couple weeks ago. It was a gathering and it was great. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. I I didn't know. Sometimes the biggest difficulty in moments like this is that you cannot explain them. You don't know what's happening. You just feel something's happening. Something's about to take place. And as a leader, I'm going to tell you when I just don't know. But I'm also going to tell you when I know it's so important and so vital. And so I just, I'm so thankful for, for what happened, but I don't want us to limit it to limit it to two weeks ago, that gathering, when that moment happened. Remember, 2020 is going to be the best year of this family's life. And it's going to happen through moments, significant moments in this walk that turn back. Remember, I didn't say it's going to be the only great moment. In fact, I believe it's going to ever increase and go from glory to glory. But this year will be a year we look back on and say, I remember 2020 where everything changed. So you should expect these moments where everything changes. Prepare your hearts for them. Get ready for them. So usually I say this. Usually I say whenever we have big moments like this, I say, you know, I'm sorry if you weren't there, but don't worry, we were there for you. I'm just going to tell you, there are some moments you just missed. Doesn't mean you're out, trust me. Okay, so no condemnation here, and I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable that wasn't there. I'm just saying that sometimes I'm not going to be able to explain some things to you. And, you know, for example, my wife, she always laments the fact that she missed my graduation. I'm so sorry. But I made it not a big deal. I was like, eh, you know, it's not a big deal. And she felt it wasn't a big deal. But she always looks back and she goes, man, I wish I could have been there. 
And so there's some things you just can't, you can't, I can't explain it to you. But, but I, I'm telling you, especially if you weren't there, I, I want you to go back, look at the videos on, we have them on YouTube, listen to the podcasts of those two days, which are out and start to rehearse that. And let me tell you why. It might not seem like a big deal to you. This is a difficult thing because you weren't there. It's hard to explain to you how big of a deal it was. But if you don't do that, there will always be, it's not, you'll think, hey, I'm in it. We're good. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm plugging along with it. But there will always be something missing. There will always be a disconnect because it wasn't just a great sermon. And it was a great sermon. It was huge. And, I, and then if you were here, and you have gone, put that in the past, and like, hey, come on, we need a new fresh word. You don't need a new and fresh word. You need, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm a, the leader of this thing, and I don't have 10% processed in my brain, and I've listened to it over and over and over again. I, before anybody in here, was listening to Damon Thompson, and I've heard a lot of his messages, and he's never spoken a message. I've seen the, the demeanor on him. He's never spoken it like that, and he's never had a message like that, and it was unto this family. It was life-changing, tribe-changing. We got re-identified. And to sit there and say that this was just a moment that we don't go back to. I, I, can't, I can't speak on that day so, so much. I could try to go through and give you my synopsis of what happened. And, and, I, and I feel like through the year, some of that will start to come out. Um, I feel like I do need to give some guidance in some areas and everything else. But... but Man, just go sit. There are so many times. This is how you, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use it in scripture because he does this with words too, but scripture is the easiest way to, to illustrate this. But there's so many times that whenever I'm reading scripture, Yahweh speaks to me on a scripture and I have absolutely no idea what he said. I don't know what he said, but I know he highlighted something for me. So I take that, I highlight it, physically highlight it, I take it back. I usually talk about it to my brother Benjamin or Eva or some, someone, or I just go take it to the secret place. I just go take it before him and say, I don't know what this means, but I know you've highlighted it for me. And I sit and I just, I just sit. I just sit and I let that thing start to produce something in me and come alive in me. See it as a seed, not something I need to figure out immediately. In moments like this, we have the tendency, the tendency to, to water hose, a uh, uh, fire hose approach this thing. We get this huge, incredible move, and it's like everything changed, and it's oh my, we're all hyped, and we're all shooting at the hips, and it's just nuts. And we basically, we basically idolize this moment. And we don't see that really, what was it? We immediately come to a place where we try to explain the unexplainable. It's why when I come in here, it's hard for me to say words. Because I can't describe something that's indescribable. There's a tissue. We, 
we try to describe something that's indescribable or reason something that's outside of reason. I want to give you peace today in this, in this new age, in this new day, give you some direction that Holy Spirit, I feel, has put on my heart. There's no formula that could ever recreate a moment because we're not meant to recreate a moment. Even though we go back and listen to the word and we, we like I said, that moment has gone on. There's going to be greater moments that come to this family. and It's going to be amazing to experience with you. But we don't have a formula to go back and to qualify or to, to conjure up something, some feeling within us to make something happen. And, and listen, things are going to get, it's not about this getting weird. Hear me out. This is not about this getting weird. For a long time now, we've been speaking and prophesying about the uncommon becoming common. We've talked about wild game and getting a new taste for something that was meant to be the original in the first place and Yahweh bringing us back to a place. So will things get a little bit weird and a little bit crazy at times and things look different than what you might find at a normal, you know, good to do church? Yes, of course. That's always kind of been the pulse of this place. And I think to a greater degree, we're going to start to see signs and wonders and miracles and amazing things, transformations take place, but it's not unto being weird. When you start to go out and say, this is going to get weird and it's all going to be weird, you just give permission for weird people to get weirder (laughs) and not Holy Spirit to activate himself and give him permission to move and permission to be and to let this thing be however, and whatever, and whenever. And, and there's a big emphasis on the name, which, listen, I'm not going to sit here and try. So many people have come to me and said, so are you Joseph, or are you Mark? I'm going to take a line from uh, my apostle Damon. Yes, <clears throat> I am. Because Holy Spirit has not come to me and said, this is what you go by right now. Listen, some people literally call me, have called me, it's weird, but people call me apostle, and some people have called me pastor, some people have called me Mark, and now some people call me Joseph. And to be honest with you, however Holy Spirit reveals to you that I am in your life, because I will eventually in times, and even people in here might have to be an apostolic voice in your life, a father in your life, that might be the case, and for people to come. For most of you, it might be more of a pastoral brother, leader type Role And you don't have to call me that in order, but if it makes you feel comfortable, go for it. I'm not going to correct you. If you feel like something stirred in you whenever he called me Joseph, call me Joseph. If you feel like I'm Mark, I'm Mark. That's not just bucking the, the word that was given to me. It's me saying that when he reveals it to me, I promise you I would let you know. I promise you I will say, This is my name. And if it never comes, I won't. I am Joseph. There's an identity there. But truth be told, my identity and my re-identification came in a crazy moment. But it's between me and Yahweh. And it has a little bit less to do with what you necessarily call me. That's how I feel. Everybody is going to have their own thing. And that's okay. But don't be looking for just the name change. Don't make a formula. But... But, 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 know that there are going to be some 
that get a name change in a new day. And he's going to start to whisper and speak to you about your name change. But if he's not speaking to you about your name change, you know what he might speak to you about is a deeper revelation of your name. So my name is Shiloh. And I never even looked up what my name might mean. And he starts to whisper truths about your identity through the name that you were given by your father. What I'm saying is there's, a, there's, there's not a formula that we need to tap into to recreate and get left behind in some moment. And it doesn't also, I, I, I think I have done this, but I'm going to do it again. I'm freeing our worship. I want to free our worship team to not get up here and try to create something and try to feel like it's got to sound a certain way, look a certain way. And if we don't go an hour and a half, then we miss the move of Yahweh. Listen, but... There will be moments where it goes an hour and a half and there are no words and there is no way to describe what's moving in this place. We just have a way of putting the standard on crazy, amazing mo- I love, I love, I love, I, I wish every single moment, and maybe it will be, every single moment was just like with all those people in here and all that stirring and all the... Bryn gets up here and does his crazy thing, and Tyler's on the, what, you know, I love our own sound, honestly, but, but those are crazy moments, and it's amazing, and, and, and there's times where people are, get their, their hand, uh, hands laid on them, and they drop to the floor, and they're shaking, and they're crying, and it's crazy, and it's, but it's not the standard, you understand, and what, what I mean by that is the standard is him and you in relationship and communion. This whole thing was not unto us becoming something crazy and different and trying to make something happen. What it was unto is him revealing himself to a greater degree to us and us being re-identified into who we really are. And that produces a freedom within a family, within a tribe that changes everything. And it should change how we respond to things, but it's not going to change by us just trying to manufacture something. I'd say that Apostle Damon brought, if I could, if, no, I cannot summarize, all right? I cannot summarize. He brought a million things. Again, go back and listen. Meditate. Write things down that hit you and turn it off and go sit in a room and meditate on it. Let him reveal more to you because we need to hear that revelation from you too, right? But he brought, in my mind, two things. That sounds bad to say. Two things so far that I would highlight if I described it to you today would be One, a revelation of Abba unlike we've ever had permission to even hear. Which re-identifies us as sons and daughters in a deeper revelation than we've ever been permitted to hear. It absolutely changes the way that I think and I feel, I feel different. I feel identified as a son, not just calling myself a son. I feel like a son. 
And he also gave us permission as a father to enter into great rest and to dream. And if any of this brings you to a place of unrest, don't follow that. This is the direction I feel like I've been given because I told you, I've told this story before, is when Eva, <clears throat> Eva and I were in, I, I had gone through this, this whole transformation thing going on with me and I started to just feel Yahweh in a way I never felt and I was going into the whole tears thing and I was, felt like I was seeing things, I was having visions and I was just hyped up like no other. And Eva had just been in probably one of the greatest I've ever seen her longing and loving her time with Abba. Beautiful time. And some of my mess up stuff went towards her and her wanting to feel like she needed to match whatever I was seeing or feeling. She got herself in almost a place of like confusion and just kind of like, and she started to go in a different way. And I remember she told me one day that she walked outside sick of all of it and she raised her hands. You remember this story? She raised her hands and she just said, Yahweh, Daddy, I love you. And it rushed over her, the craziest feeling of joy and of love and of belonging and of knowing who she was, that because Yahweh has this relationship, right? And it's not this corporate relationship. He has individual relationship with you and brings us together as a tribe. But it's not so that you can be one way and make sure everybody else looks that same way. He speaks to you individually, It's our job to make sure that we keep the flame burning. He wants, out of this weekend, you know what he wants is consistent devotion. He wants you to crawl up in his lap as a father. We we just got back from Disney World. (laughs) Shiloh. (laughs) We got back from Disney World. I know a lot of people don't like Disney, and you know what? There's deliverance for you today, and we can pray over you. And get those demons out of you. (laughs) But we just got back from Disney World. And the crazy thing about Disney, if you ever go, I encourage you to stay at a Disney resort. Because the thing about it is you never leave Disney. It's wild. You get there, you're going on the parks and you're doing all that kind of stuff. And you're kind of like, I hate this, but I love it all at the same time. And you're exhausted, but you're having fun and it's all crazy. You get back and... Mickey didn't leave. It's all there, and it's just, I mean, you can get ice cream sandwiches there. It's just the rooms are decorated like that, and you never feel like you leave, and it creates this crazy bubble, wild thing to a degree that people literally suffer from. This is hilarious, but I might have experienced it. <laughs> Disney depression. Don't act, don't, if you've been there, don't even act like, oh, I came back to real world, and I was like, Yes. It's weird. It's, it's like you, you're so saturated with this, like being the thing, and you get, and it's just like, okay, everybody's not going to greet me with pixie dust and a hello, you know? <laughs> there, there's a difference, right? And so it feels, it feels strange to come back and, uh, but I was thinking, I was thinking, I'm thankful that my kids don't gauge my love for them off of those huge moments like that, right? When we're able to bless them and do great big things for them and there's an amazing move that they really see the love I have for them in the day-to-day. 
in the, in the simple words of love that I speak to them or the things that we do together or putting them to bed and giving them a kiss at night or whatever it might be that they see and feel the love of their father in that moment. And so I just want to make sure that we recenter ourselves to the fact of all of these things will happen. I, this is not absolutely 1,000% not a cop-out for those who feel like, good, I can just sit here and be normal. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, 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 nope. You will feel uncomfortable and it won't be good. That's not the heart to have. When Yahweh tells us to, uh, to, to shout, when the Bible tells us to shout and to dance and to praise, he's not talking to just the people that are more extroverted. He's talking to the whole. It doesn't matter if you feel uncomfortable and your zone is this right here. There's going to be moments where he starts to give opportunity to free you from this mundane sitting there still doing nothing. And he starts to make you swirl. And like Damon said when he was here, there's in those moments you start to feel like, I forgot who I was trying to pretend to be. Again, though, let me pull you back. That's not how you measure if we were successful in a day. Are you walking in relationship with the Father? Has, has, he, has he called you away and have you answered that call? Because that's what's going to start to happen in a day like this is he's going to start to call you away. If you want to talk about Joseph, if you think about Joseph, Joseph's dreams are not what did everything for him. In fact, when Joseph was a dreamer, it's the beginning of his story. And there's a lot of mention of the favor of his natural father, but there's not a whole lot of mention about his relationship with Yahweh. It doesn't mean that there wasn't relationship. It's just that that's not highlighted in the story. It's, it's really highlighted that he was shown favor in a way. His, he was his father's favorite. He started to have dreams that put him in a place that was not very good, sharing them with his brother and his family. And, and, he, and he gets, and it was, it was an impetus, right? Like it put him into a place. It put him into a place that ultimately was a part of his story. But when Yahweh started to walk with him, and there's so, it go, go through the point when you get to Joseph and you start to hear after he was sold into slavery, start to look how many times the Bible says this, and the Lord was with him and showed him favor and everything that he did prospered. And what have we been talking about for so long? Psalms 1.1. And everything that we do prospers. If you want to look at a Psalms 1-1 lifestyle, look at the life of Joseph. Because even in famine, he knew how to prosper. Even in times where he was hated, even in times when people didn't understand him, they didn't like the favor that was on his life, Joseph walked with Yahweh. That was his beacon. And I feel like this is what's going to come to this. We're, we're going to, I believe we're coming into a place of dreaming, a, a tribe of Joseph. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's some dreaming that's going to start, start to take place in our own lives. But what I really have felt personally, prophetically, there's a prophetic move coming to each and every one of us that's going to start to be more of an interpretation type of deal. 
And the only way that this is going to be activated is staying close to the Father. He's going to start to show you situations in people's lives, in your own lives, in your walk, and start to be able to literally read people's mail. And it's going to bring you into a place of favor unlike any other. It's going to bring us into a place of prosperity. And these are things to start to look for. But it's not outside of communion and relationship and walking with Yahweh, with Abba. That's why the first revelation that Apostle Damon is bringing us is the revelation of one of the highlighted, most important things is this revelation of Abba, this revelation of Son. Then comes the re-identification through that. Through the love he has for us, we start to walk into true identification of, of who we really are. What I feel like we've been given. We've, yeah, given would be the, the right way. I feel, it's, it's weird because I'm typically not the prophetic type of person, but everything I've seen lately is kind of more prophetic and a little bit strange. So, <clears throat> But I, in this identity of Joseph, I have felt personally, but literally as a tribe, what has happened to us is that we have been given a coat of many colors. This isn't, listen, this isn't just a play, oh, well, that's the story of Joseph, that's the low-hanging fruit, of course, no. There's meaning in this because what comes with the coat of many colors, what it is, what Yahweh's showing me is that what it represents is favor. Favor is different than love, okay? Because love is something that Yahweh has for us and it doesn't matter if you were just created or a million years later, he loves you the same and it's unconditional and it's powerful and crazy and wild and doesn't make sense and we could never quite understand it or fathom it. Abba loves us to the nth degree it's incredible. But there are times where there's favor put on a people. There's favor put on an individual. And favor is meant to be steward, stewarded. You're supposed to have, be a good steward over the favor you've been given. Let's say it that way. And I feel that there's a, there's a way that we respond to favor. Regina gave me a, a word. Regina Smith gave me a, an amazing word right after I was identified as Joseph. And she came up to me and she talked to me about how Joseph was in a place where he was, some things in his life didn't make sense. It didn't quite match up with the dreams that he was given. He didn't get to walk in that in the fullness until really the end of his story, you start to see some of that come to place, his dreams and everything come to... Really, Joseph lost like 13 years of his life, I think, is, is what it was, through all that mess that his brothers put him through. But he could have never gotten to the place that he got to had he not walked through those 13 years. He could have spent 100 years and never been second in command of Pharaoh. And so Joseph's position in favor, how he wore that coat, how he wore the favor that Yahweh gave him, dictated how much more favor he received along the way. So as we steward the favor that I feel this family has been given, because favor is initially given, that there's going to start to be a more, a, a more um, there's going to be more favor placed on this family, but we have to walk it out. We have to be stewards over this, and it's not going to happen outside of communion with Yahweh. It always goes back to one thing, have I desired of the Lord. There is going to be times, like Henry talked about, that he's going to call us away. 
I said this, he, but, but this is important. This is what I believe you'll start to hear. In the, in the day-to-day, he's going to call you away from the place where it doesn't quite make sense. We're going to start to be guided only by Holy Spirit. And this has been said before. We all, Eva and I walking in this place, we always talked about whatever brings us peace, that's what we'll follow. Whatever brings us, you know, fear and anxiety, we step away from that. And it's crazy and wild how much people or situations that used to bring us peace Yahweh started to show us some things that made us uncomfortable, and we just steered clear from him. We listened to that voice, and that's going to be a beacon is going to be what brings you into rest, what brings you into peace. And see, this troubles people because it comes into places like giving. It comes into arenas where Yahweh brings you into place where someone's hated you, someone's not done you right, someone's someone's not believed with you and stood with you and Yahweh tells you to pray over that person or Yahweh tells you to give them something. He starts to talk to you about giving more than what you think you can give in a setting like this, in in a setting outside of this, in other situations. And that doesn't mean so that it just profits his house at all. I believe Yahweh's bringing us in a place. We used to say this. I think this might have been Apostle's words, so understand that I'm not saying something against what Apostle said. His words are wisdom. I'm saying this in a new day, and this is a new way to think about things. But he used to talk about not giving of your bread. Give, but don't give out of, don't give of your bread. Meaning, make sure that you do use wisdom and protect. But he's talking about wisdom, not preservation. Elijah says to the woman, the widow, bring me some bread. And she says, I, I don't even have enough bread for myself. I, I, I'm going to get some sticks, gathering some sticks to make a, a one meal for me and my son so that we can eat and then die. And that will be it. But there's a, an element of trust when you come into a degree of presence of the Lord, of Yahweh, of Yeshua in your life where he tells you, listen, give that. Doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense for us to be sitting in a tent right now financially. I promise you that. It, I sat there for a week, and I looked at the numbers of it. I looked. These things are expensive. It's ridiculous. Maybe it's not, but it, it feels ridiculous. But so it doesn't make sense quite financially. We're in the process of remodeling some things. We don't really need to do this and kind of change our whole process of how we're going to remodel. You know, what, what, what is really accomplished by moving into a tent when really the size of our group most of the times, some of you would disagree, but we can fit into the ark. It didn't make sense to me, but it brought me peace. And the more and more I looked at it, the more and more I was at peace. And I can tell you today, I'm more at peace being up here than I've ever been at peace. And I know it might seem to you kind of rabbit trailish and weird and I'm giving direction and I'm not hyping everybody up, but I'm just telling you that I'm in such a seat of rest and such a seat of knowing where we are and who we are that I don't feel the need to impress anybody except for that beautiful lady right there. I'm not here to impress or to put on a show or to give you the next great word. I'm here to just be a voice that says, hey, unto him, unto relationship with the Father. 
Let that Abba revelation sit in your heart. Let you become a son in a way that you've never seen before. And let's just go from there. Let's not try to figure everything out. Don't try to be the next prophetic voice that gives answers to everything and be the next prophetic voice that gives answers. The answer always is yes. Just make sure that you don't feel anxiety or stress to try to come up with this thing and try to fit into this new day and try to just go back and listen to the word. Go back and just be. Come in this place with expectation of your heart of just a presence and let that thing flush everything else out of you. That's what it's all about. It's communion with him. It's consistent, a consistent flame. Amen. Amen. The other thing that the coat of many colors is is diversity in the kingdom. Meaning, we've come into a place of re-identification, I think, from an individual level and a corporate level. It, it, it feels wrong to do things the way that we used to do them. It would feel wrong for me to go back to the ark. In fact, it felt wrong for me to even have to have you guys in there whenever I wasn't here. Trust me, the reason I'm up here, or we're here today, is not because now I'm back and can speak. In fact, I wasn't even going to be here today because I don't feel great. But, I mean, like, honestly, like, anybody could speak up here. I feel like there is a swirl in here. There is a presence in here that we could leave with just about anything. Someone could get up here and talk about, I don't know, anything. What? Oh, you just said, yeah. Yeah, for anything, and, it would, and there would be some kind of impact on my heart. <clears throat> it's not about that. I felt wrong. I felt like it was almost like moving day where you, go, where, where you have to go back, and there's just a few more things left at your house, so you might as well stay here just to get that done, and then the next day we'll be here. I feel like we're home. I feel like we are in a certain place, and this whole land is a certain place, and we move to the next place, it'll be a certain place, and this is a certain people, and I, but this is what feels right. This is what is bringing me peace. And so there, we get to a re-identification and the diversity of the kingdom. You have got to come to a place where you're good in your own skin, in your own spirit, and who you are. And you might be a prophetic voice that's just wild and throw things out and go crazy. And you might spin around and you might be someone who writes songs. And it doesn't mean you're just going to be a part of the worship team immediately. It doesn't mean any of these things. But every little bit of you how you express is needed and that is accepted within the tribe because we're a tribe of many colors. And what that means is that we emanate light. We emanate frequencies that is one frequency but looks completely different in so many ways. So it's vital important that you step into your re-identification and who you feel Abba's showing you you are and be accepted in the tribe and be comfortable in your own skin here. However that looks, however that feels, yes, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Finally, expect to dream these dreams. Not your own dreams. The new car, the new house, those are all great things. And I believe that we're going to start to walk in prosperity and it's going to be abundant and it's going to be glorious. But I'm going to tell you what's better than prosperity and abundance is legacy, is at the next generation and making decisions based on my great-grandchildren and my great-great-grandchildren. And so when I dream, I want to dream the dreams that Abba dreams. I want to dream dreams that are not possible. You getting a nice house is possible. 
I don't care what your financial situation is, it's possible. You getting a nice new car is possible. You know, things, things that, that, that like could be solved with a check today are not the impossible things. Because in a moment, Yahweh can put that in your hands. But something that would be impossible would be something like trees starting to regenerate. For people to start stepping into places in the coronavirus infected areas with not a mask on but faith in their heart and touching people and their lives changing and immediately that thing stopping. And genuinely, there's no way that anybody can report anything other than the goodness of Yahweh. Those are the dreams that I want to start having as a people. Those are the dreams when I lay my head to sleep at night. I just say, Yahweh, come hit me with something tonight. Stir me up. There's a scripture, I think it's in Matthew. Um, And this won't be word for word, but it's been on my heart for a while. And it's what he reveals to you in the darkness or what I reveal to you in, in, in the darkness, bring it into light. And whatever I tell you with a whisper, proclaim it from the rooftops. I want us to be consistent in wanting to hear a whisper and making it as if it was something that was proclaimed. A moment like this that has been pretty subdued is so great and so vital and so important just like two weeks ago it was when everything was going crazy. We proclaim these moments. We proclaim the times in our secret place. We see those moments as the most vital things. And every morning we walk, we wake up, we put him before us. Remember I talked about we all are, everything we do is worship. That's correct. What are you putting before you to worship? If you're in anxiety, if you're in fear, if you're in doubt, if you're in worry, those are the things that you are worshiping in that time. If you put before you Yahweh and Abba and his goodness and who he is, remember at the end of Joseph's story what he says to his brothers. His brothers are in fear that now that his father has been laid to rest and put in the ground, they start to think, now my brother is going to start to, to, to pay me back for what we did to him. They, they lived in this fear, and they go to Joseph and finally say, you know, please have mercy on us. Don't show us what we deserve. <clears throat> and he says to them, basically, how could I? You might have intended something in that day for evil, but Yahweh meant it for good. And those 13 years weren't wasted. They were designed. They were designated. They were put on my life. And I always saw the goodness. That was his view, is I saw the goodness of Yahweh in all of it. I walked with him through all of it. And that is a position of someone in favor. That is the position of someone who walks in something that everything that they do prospers. And that's how this family, being, being, uh, having a coat of many colors put on you, should start to look. You should start to be aware of everything around you as we walk don't just go to a restaurant and think, I'm at a restaurant. doesn't mean you have to get up and start prophesying over everybody again, not to be weird and be whatever. But listen to the gentle whisper. Be aware of where you are and what he's speaking to you. In these moments right here, be aware of what he's speaking for you to do. Maybe come run it by me real quick. But be aware of what he's speaking for you to do. And if you need to twirl and you need to spin, there's freedom for that. If you need to sit and you need to close your eyes, there's freedom in that. But let's not ever do things the same way. Let's not ever see things the same way. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.